so so many people was in there and just like i've been here 20 years what's the point they condition you that way like to get in there what's going on in the courtroom and i see these public defenders who never even seen they client go to the prosecutor like well i just got this file Nothing to eat, nothing to drink in a cold room. Take your jacket, take your shoes off, and you sitting in there after 10 hours. They gonna say whatever you wanna hear. Right now, who's, he's doing life. He was 16 years old when he was convicted. Um, five years after he was convicted, the witness came forward and said they made the whole story up and it wasn't him. And they won't even hear his case. I've been out since last year and everybody is coming out apologizing to everybody but me. So they don't want to admit when they wrong for one, for two. They don't want to pay you so they don't do anything and so they just try to put you on the back burner just hoping you just become discouraged to the point where you like this forget it this is my life and it's the way of the court it's the way of the system because they had the power to do it these are the things the conversations that we need to be having if we're talking about change Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and today we're doing a special edition episode, so no typical intro. We're going to hear a powerful story from a powerful man. This guest introduction is a little bit longer than normal, but I think it will it'll set us up nicely to, to get right into it because I really can't think of a more important story to share in this moment, so... Let's jump in. My guest today was a musician on the cusp of breakout success when in 2008, he was wrongfully convicted in Cincinnati, Ohio, and subsequently served almost 13 years in prison for an armed robbery he didn't commit. Crucial DNA evidence withheld by the state from his defense at trial proved his innocence and a federal court finally threw out his convictions in 2020. Additional misconduct by the state kept him locked up in a county jail even after the federal court ordered his immediate release. Under threat of contempt charges from the federal court, the state finally released him and he walked free with the help of the Ohio Innocence Project. Now he has a message and practical solutions. Just weeks after his release, he's launched OH10 Unlimited, his startup company aimed at training youth and young adults to set goals establish a rock-solid work ethic, and connect with mentors. OH10 Unlimited specifically focuses on music as therapy and as a means to address the need for criminal justice reform. OH10 Unlimited promotes and trains young artists in every aspect of a complete and healthy human being. Physical fitness conditioning, emotional well-being by connecting its members with a network of positive and productive people, and by providing high-quality, practical, essential tools young artists need to make a marketable product but often can't afford. Please welcome Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Old Hound. Yo, welcome. yo, yo. Thank you so much for coming. There's a lot in that intro. 
Yeah. We started to get into a little bit before we recorded and I my mouth is like on the ground, which is has has been my reaction since meeting you and hearing your story. You know, we have a, a mutual friend that connected us mm-hmm. and when he, and when Stu first told me about you, I was like, You've gotta be kidding. Right. This can't this is what? This uh, this this must be such a rare instance. This must not happen very often. It's like what I thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to Joe Rogan had on people from the Innocence Project, Josh, Josh Dubin and Jason Flom, and that podcast opened my eyes to Wake like you up, right? This Wake you up. This is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Case after case after case, each one more heartbreaking than the next of yep. people, humans, regular withholding evidence, people on death row. Yep. People spending their lives in jail or killed yep. for crimes they didn't commit. Happen more often than you you can never imagine. No, I, I know. That's why I'm like when I chatted with you, I'm like, we gotta you gotta we gotta help spread this message. People have to hear your story and yeah. what's even more powerful of like that you have this experience and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now with your startup mm-hmm. company and, you know, trying to help young people, trying to yeah. push prison reform, like all of these things that are so needed and that I, I just think a lot of us don't know about. It's not, mm-hmm. of course, why would it be common public knowledge that our justice system, our courts are keeping innocent people locked in cages? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have so much to say and share I mean facts. Yeah. Yeah. That we we'll probably need a part two. Yeah, sure. We can have as many parts as you want. Do you want to start with start with, you know, your personal situation? What happened? You were on the break of yep. of breakout yep. success as a musical artist. So um in two thousand and six uh-huh. I was signed um to a major recording contract deal with Warner Brothers. Um that's awesome. <laughs> Moved out to California. Um, really made that transition. Yeah. Because you're from like, Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Born Cincinnati. and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the middle child of four. I have mm. three brothers. Um, raised in a single parent household. My mother, um, a strong woman. Yeah. Um, that's where I gained my work ethic from. Yeah. Me and my mom was like best friends, you yeah. know. But one thing we always did was talk. She always seen something special in me. Mm. But she always understood. I always knew our circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Where we had to stay. You know, see, I was educated um, on the system. Mm -hmm. Just how it's designed back when I was a child. You know, because I grew up in a household with just me and my younger brother with my older two brothers being taken out the household. Mm. Um, I was, I was just taught how to survive. Right. Right. You're coming from a place of survival from the get go. Yeah. So, but I was also educated, you know, by a mother who was real and told me what I was up against. And she always seen this, this gift in me. So she always told me, I want you to get your education mm-hmm. and I want you to work on your music. Mm-hmm. That's all she used to say since I was a kid. That's such great advice coming from a parent. Yeah. Yeah. So um I was so I was always aware of the system. 
Um, I was always well educated about, you know, just being uh, African-American male coming from the community I yeah. came from. So what does that, that education look like? Is like you need to, like the cops are not your friend. Yeah, see, what does it look like? Okay, see, I'm a, I come, I was born in 81. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to be a part of two eras, mm. the end of the Black Panther Party mm. era and the new NWA after police era, public mm. enemy fight the power era. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was born in a unique year. And so back then in my community, police didn't come in our communities. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the people was together and we protected our own communities. Yeah, got it. Interesting. We protected our own. It was a village. Yeah. When my mom went to work, I remember this vividly. My mom would leave $5 for me and my younger brother. And she would say, okay, you go to the store, get a pound of bologna, cheese, mayonnaise. (laughs) And if you need anything, Miss Paula is next door. Mm -hmm. And so Miss Paula always came through. Yeah. Uncle Ty was always up the street. Like, you make sure y'all get to school. Yeah, yeah. See, we had a community back then when I was growing up. Yeah. You know? So now it's the way it is. The police have to patrol these communities because there's no people mm. there to control it. Yeah. Yeah. That All you got is just a whole bunch of idle time, idle minds. Mm. No playgrounds. Yeah. All the public pools gone. Right. All the community centers shut down. No more Boys and Girls Club. No more Black Male Coalition. No more Reach Back. No more of these programs that we had when I was there. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's a shortage on men. And it's a shortage on men because we dominate the prison population. Right. Exactly. So it's a whole bunch of women. Strong women. Women who's working, doing whatever they can to provide for their family. But it's women raising these men. So these boys. So how can a woman raise a man? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's chaos. And so now the police have to be here and patrol it and to control it. But these police who patrolling and, and controlling our communities now don't even know our community. Right. They're not a part of the community. They're that's, out of touch. Yeah. That's so I've heard. It's a miscommunication. They're from the jump. Yeah. They gonna read something as, oh man, as aggressive mm-hmm. and draw their weapon. Or they won't come to this high crime area with a weapon because he don't know that this just old Keisha who get crazy when she drinking. Yeah. Or old Bill Bill. Yep. Who get crazy when he drinking. Yeah. But they already come and approach with caution, though. Because if you even in the system, man, when the police pull you over, that's what pops up. Mm. So you had this officer already coming with that mind state. Yeah. Yeah. And so you fear the unknown. And they don't know us. They don't know where we come from. They don't know what we really about. What You know what I mean? Yeah. So, man, the fear of the unknown. And so that's why they drawing their weapons and they shooting. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's a collective of both sides. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we not we can't ignore the injustice and the 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 police brutality and things like that. Right. Because I could be the first to tell you I have nothing against 
police officers because I got a, a good friend who's a police sergeant in mm-hmm. Cincinnati Police Department. Yeah. And I have a sister-in-law who's a police sergeant yeah. in the Cincinnati Police Department. Yeah. So it, it's right, not there's... against law enforcement. It's just against these officers who have no proper training being thrown in the trenches. Right. And, it, and it, I think it goes back to, I've heard other people reference this too. I've listened to some commentary on like one of the ways to solve this problem is to employ police officers that are from the communities that mm-hmm. they're serving. You have to you do know, that. Yeah. It's just, it makes so much that. logical sense. But I didn't even think of the point that you brought up of you're taking all of the men away and putting them in prison. Yeah. Yeah. All the men is gone. I sat at a table about a rally of freeing a, a, a man, a friend of mine who's doing life now for a crime he didn't commit. And we went to eat. We went out to lunch after this 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 rally in front of the courthouse. And I look around the table, it's 12 women and I'm the only man. Yeah. And I say, man, this is the problem. Yeah. It's no men at this table. It's no men at this table. And I just left a place where it's a whole bunch of men there. You're right. Just standing in the gymnasium for right. a couple years, for a couple hours, I'm sorry. And then in, in they sail. Oh, my God. Like cattle. Literally locked in cages. Like cattle. Now Can't they, be productive. The can The education is gone. Any type of programming, reentry programs, that stuff is gone. You just sit in your cell 20 hours a day. 20 wow. hours a day and sit there. Guys, going to take a quick pause from Chris's incredible story to share what the fit is going live. This event is something I've dreamed about doing since first starting the podcast, a live podcast recording with an audience at an amazing venue. And that's just what we're going to do. Join me and special main guest Rachel DeRochers of Grateful Grams at the beautiful outdoor patio of Comfort Station on Tuesday, October 6 at 6.30 p.m. This will run just like a normal episode, except you can be there to witness and enjoy a cocktail with us. Tickets for the event will be 15 and include a house cocktail. We're only selling 20 tickets, so don't sleep on this. The link to buy tickets is in my Instagram bio, and I'll also link in the show notes. I'm so, so excited to be able to meet some of you in real life. We'll have some fun audience interaction opportunities, and then, of course, the chance to hang after the recording. There's going to be a surprise guest co-host for the intro. We're going to have a ton of fun, so grab your tickets now. Okay, back to my conversation with Chris. So let's let's get back to what happened okay. to your situation. Okay, so, so, so I'm sorry. No, I no, no, no. We can. I love okay. a tangent. Let's go off. We'll yeah. come back. That's my job is to okay, like just so, loop, loop us back around. Okay, so in 2007, a robbery occurred. Okay, and my truck was involved. In this robbery. Okay. I happened to be in Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. Right. Because you went to California. LA, California. And I was coming, coming back, back and forth because my youngest daughter lived here. Uh-huh. So um, my truck was used in the robbery. I seen I'm watching the news. And I say, oh, sh- my truck is on it. What? What was what was the robbery of? The, the robbery was of a Cincinnati Bell cell phone store. Okay. And brought 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, gosh. A man wearing a wig, sunglasses, and a mask went inside the store. Mm-hmm. Took held him at gunpoint. Held him at gun, gunpoint, 
and they say took a cash register chill, which was found, mm-hmm. um, and left the truck like right like by the scene. So he drove the truck there he and left it. Took there. the truck that was in my name. Right, is your truck? He drove that your was my, truck. <laughs> my truck, right? So four o'clock or something, I'm sitting in the house and um, I'm in there with my daughter and my daughter's mom. We watch the news. The well, a breaking news story come on. Interrupt Judge Judy. And uh, yeah. and so I had a four expedition. Uh-huh. And it was and it was kind of distinctive. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And we just looking and so. Are you like, what the fuck? Do you yeah. have any idea of like, this shit's about to go down? I report the truck stolen. Okay. I'm like, listen, because I was saying, some people say, well, why didn't you just tell who was driving the truck in this net? Now, let me tell you. I was under contract as a signed hip-hop artist, Mm -hmm. a rapper Mm -hmm. whose character and credibility is a street guy. Yeah. So me knowing that and knowing that I just signed a budget, Mm -hmm. six-figure budget, and I say, well, I can't tell you who was driving the truck. Right, you can't be a snitch. I can tell you it's not me. You can't be a snitch. Yeah, so I maintained that from day one, cooperated to a certain extent, but when they was like, well, we want to take you in and things like that, I say, no. Yeah. So I contacted an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on probation at the time for some other stuff. I talked to my probation officer. Yeah. She told me, Chris, they got a wig, a mask, sunglasses, a cash register teal. I said, yes. Okay, do y'all job and run through there and then y'all will know who did this. Right. Man, a month, a month passed. you have like a clear alibi. Yeah. Like- a month passed and they get the DNA results. I'm excluded 100%. So they get DNA from the, the wig and the, the costume shit. that okay, this robber yeah. wore. So 26 fingerprint lifts on the cash register teal. None mine came back to the same guy, Charles Allen. Um, costume, the wig sunglasses mask charles island couldn't be excluded from dna christopher smith excluded from dna seems like a very clear i'm ultimately arrested i'm arrested um the judge i had an attorney um michelle berry um who's still my attorney to this day Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you about that but michelle was fresh out of law school fresh out fresh out and so i just seen her we talked and she was like i'm gonna take care of this this is we got the DNA. Yeah, because from your perspective, her perspective, you're like, well, this is very clear. We right. have DNA evidence. It's right, not right. you. So, and at this point, you so you knew who had your truck, who exactly. had the car. But I knew. You were like, I'm not gonna. But I just didn't say yes. anything yes. because I'm okay. thinking like my career. Yes. I'm thinking. Yes. Um. So the judge see the DNA results, 26 fingerprint lifts, everything, and he like, the state has the wrong guy. This is on record. Bring this case to the bench. So, I, and when you try the case to the bench, yeah, what does that mean? Means you trying your case to the judge. That's one judge. Okay. And you waiving your right to jury. So I wasn't found guilty by a jury. You I was found, found guilty, guilty by, by one by person, one judge. So why would you want to do that? Because you and thought that's it w- what I was telling Michelle. But it is was it kind like, of like you, this is a done deal. We don't need to do this, right? Why and don't, then I don't the need judge is like, yeah, see, I know what's going on. And so Michelle, at this time, it's like. 
the judge has all the evidence. You very rarely see a defendant who comes to clear his innocence. Um, so at the same time, we have this too. Let me tell you this part is going to blow your mind. We like, why this guy hasn't been arrested? Right. Never was arrested. So why? This we didn't know this at the time. Uh-huh. So we hire a private investigator. Uh-huh. And you know, some things happen, and I don't want to go over that on this, yeah. but a recording was made of Charles Allen admitting that the eyewitness they had saying it was me had to had got paid to say something like that and it was him and like how he's like gonna make this right like and so the person who has him talking and is engaging him in conversations isn't leading him or nothing because we want to make sure we don't do that yeah we just let him talk yeah yeah and charles allen say out his mouth well the person say well they saying chris came out the Cincinnati Bell store carrying a laptop and Charles Allen say, what? I wasn't carrying no motherfucking ca- um, laptop. It was a cash register. This is him on the phone talking. So we had him recordings, induced, introduced him to the court. My trial start, bench trial, went to trial. They offered me four years, five years. What? No. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not involved in this at all. Stop. Like, stop coming to me saying what, this. Like, like, you're like, doing me, me a go. favor? You're doing me a favor by giving me five years before a crime mm. I didn't commit? So I go to bench trial and we like, well, the judge understands. And my bench trial lasts. It's going on for 18 days. It's very rare. And this judge is sitting there and I just had this bad vibe, this pit in my stomach. And Charles Allen walks in. The guy that did it. He is given immunity. What? To come. So they put together this story that I picked Charles Allen up in my truck. Said, hey, yeah, bro, we're going to go over these girls' house. Let me see if they home. I'll be right back. Left the truck running. Went and was gone 10 minutes and ran back breathing heavy. Like, drive, drive, drive. And he moves from the passenger seat to the driver's seat in a getaway driver. This is fabricated. And it changed like three, four different times. Under oath. But before he even testified, he looked me in the eyes. And I'm like, and he was like, I can't do this. I can't do this, uh, Your Honor. And so the prosecutor, Clay Thorpe, he say, Your Honor, I need a recess. And the judge say, no, you don't need no recess. Um, just put the charges on him. He was given immunity, right? Just put the charges on him, charge him. And, and so Charles was like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. This is on like this, Yeah, right. This is in a court. It's be, There's transcripts. And he like, no, no, no. This is what happened. And so he went into that story. And um, what? he said, I never that? seen a wig. I never seen the mask. I never touched it. And so, you have him on recording saying, I didn't take a laptop oh, out. I took oh. the cash register out. And Michelle being a dope lawyer that she is now, she was even dope back then, but they cheated her out of her first big case. Yeah, she's right out of but law school. She went and got the Justice Center calls recordings from Charles Allen when he was locked up for something else. And while I was in there going through 
this trial. Yeah. And he was on there telling his girl, I'm sorry such and such wired up on me. I'm sorry such a meaning I'm mad such and such will wire on me. And they got that confession. So when the judge found me guilty, he said, I was one lucky that my DNA wasn't on a wig, mask, sunglasses, cash register till. And that Charles Allen testimony collaborates that yeah, he may have touched it. He was the driver. And that, and about the recordings, he don't think that was him. And a recording from the county jail phone is, um, he didn't even speak on that. So, um, yeah, he said 10, 5, 8, 3, and something else, 27 and a half years getting. No, he asked me if anything, did I have anything to say? And I looked him in his eyes and I said, I know this ain't the way my life going to end. And they cuffed me and took me away. But um, So while you're going through that trial, the 18 days or whatever, are you in jail then? Yep. So that, yep, that denied me bond. So I was flight risk, California address, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I was in there for like nine months. Before they found you guilty? Mm-hmm. Oh, nine months before they wrongfully found you guilty, wrongfully convicted I you. I thought I was going home. I thought I was going home and just be given that type of time. And... um. But even nine months, if even if like that, are you just yeah. thinking like, okay, is this, if this is the only thing I have to do, this will be good. But like, that shouldn't even be a reality. Nah, I was, y'all gonna pay for it every yeah. single last day I sat in here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they gave me 20, yeah, 27 and a half years. 27 and a half years. For a for, robbery. For an armed robbery. And I want to, that. That just makes no sense to me. I, I told you about the story of past podcast guest Casey Hilmer, who mm-hmm. was brutally attacked with a knife and had attempted murder on her, stabbed her through her jugular, went mm-hmm. out on the other side, missed, missed her, missed her jugular by a millimeter. Mm-hmm. He got 10 years. Yeah. And you were... I was in there. I did time with a guy who had two murders and did 13 years. He got out a month after me. I thought I was released. So yeah. how does that happen? Do they just get to pick whatever they want to pick? They they let the they get a worse well the young guys that catch these murders and stuff, they get them. They 18, 19 years old. They give them 10. They give them to the state. And they say, make them worse so he could come out and continue to raise havoc. So get him in. And it's just You part. take him and they just recycle him. It's a recycle. You know how many people left and came back? Do you know Do you know that number? If not, I will, we can look it up and post later. But Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't know it offhand, but I, I sure Like, is it 70%? Nah, it's like 84 probably higher than 84. I didn't seen guys come back two, three times, but 
if you get somebody five years, you got enough time to break him. Oh. Take him out of society and just create a monster. It's no responsibility there. No. It's exactly. no education there. It's no nutrition there. So all these guys want to do is push up, pull ups, get some muscles and come home, just try to figure it out then. When you face with just something small, it's like going to get your driver's license. Right. Cause scare these guys. I had a guy who did eight years straight, young guy. Came home. Man, he slept on my floor. I did everything I could for this guy. Man, mentoring him, got him. He started working at Penn Station and all that. He wasn't even out two months in the county jail now for murder and aggravated robbery. And that crushed me because, like, like he wrong. And I can't associate with people that even live them type lives now, especially when you, you know, you had every opportunity because I'm proof. Yeah. That you could come out here and do the right thing. So, But it's so hard to keep <clears throat> people, again, locked in a cage, like we're saying. Mm-hmm. No emotional support, mm-hmm. no physical support, no nutritional, n- basic you don't things use, that, that make a good function. You don't use human. forks. You don't use, like you use things to just your whole mannerisms is off. You sit low. It's like you just conditioned and then the guards is there. You just surrounded by hatred because, again, you have correctional officers who was from the country. Yeah. Only see black people when they come to work. And their, their idea is that they're prisons. all. You got a bad. case manager who can't even manage their own life going in there. So these are the people that's in charge of your life for years, years. But. And I could say all this and people could ask me, like, well, how did you do it? Especially being wrongful convicted. Yeah. You it's, took the words right out of my mouth. You just asked the question mm-hmm. for me. I don't to do I, any work. I lost so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. I lost so much going through that that I had to just discover who I really am. And I made a promise to myself first and foremost and having three children out here in this world that I would never allow my children to grow up like without a father like I did yeah for one but I became selfless I became humble I became spiritual and I always looked forward did you keep hope like I'm gonna get out I lost it yeah. A bunch of times. I, like I lost my faith. It was, I went like two years without talking to God. Yeah, I can imagine. Like especially like when my mom d- passed in 2012 at 53 young for kidney failure. Oh, and you and you, you didn't get to. And me being married at the time and my wife, my ex-wife filing for divorce five oh. weeks after that. With 26 more years over your head, right? Yeah, you lose all the faith in the world. And so I'm going to share this moment with you. I don't share it with many. But um, I was in isolation in Lucasville, Ohio, right next to the death row chamber, right? And they had me in what's called a slammer cell. 
And so it's a cell inside of a door and it's complete darkness. And the only time you know the difference between night and day is when the mice run in and out your cell. Oh. Right. I did 60 days in there for establishing a relationship with an officer. You did 60 days 60 in a days, fucking dark cave? 60 days straight in 2012 around the time my mom Holy passed. Holy shit. How did you and not so, lose your fucking mind? It's like, and I, it, it crossed my mind like I don't want to do this no more. Right. So it's, but what I did, I just wrote. Without seeing the lines on the paper, I just wrote. What'd you write? Miss music, poems, my thoughts. And then I started talking to myself, but not in a crazy way. But I used to say like three things that I still say to this day that represents the different colors I rotate in my hair. It's peace, love, and prosperity. Peace, love, and price one. Like, help me, God. Or like, you're going to make it through this. I used to say, Peace, love, prosperity. Peace, love, pride. And I used to do it like in so many different tones. This melodies. is just. And then I learned how to meditate. I learned how to just zone out. All these motherfuckers that are sitting here saying, I can't meditate for five minutes. Everything. I don't want to sit. You got to, you just got to just let go. And I just used to let go and all the screaming and hollering and all that stuff. Like I ain't used to hear it. And I came out so strong, like so fit. Ow. And ever since then, I was on a mission. And so I just continued to just manifest everything that came my way. And I used to tell people like, man, I'm going home. I'm going home. And people used to think I was crazy. You're crazy. They're like, that cell that got to him. And, <laughs> and at this time, I started cutting my own hair. And I started doing different things with my hair, which I named this stupid cut because people used to be like, man, that's dope. But what type of cut is that? And I used to be like, it's a stupid cut. And I used to put a part in it to be rebellious. Yeah. But um, my hair, as well as my writing and meditation, became my strengths, but especially my hair. It was like something that you had for your, like, you can't Myself. take this can't away take this, from me. You can't take this away from me. So I had clippers. I didn't have to go to the barbershop. I just used to be in the mirror. Anytime I got discouraged, anytime I felt any type of way, I just cut my hair. Like, and I just be yeah. in there. And I still do it to this day. Wow, isn't that? Because it gave me an empowerment. If you just know the Bible, if you read the Bible, Samson and Delilah. And how with Samson, his hair was just his strength, his yeah. power. Yeah, yeah. And everybody yeah. was going after his hair. And that's how they was at me in their administration. So I learned how to deal with people. I didn't hate them officers. This is it's a, it's a correctional officer group right now. The prison I just left, they got a group about me. And they talk about like how I was just always real and respectful. How you feel me? Yeah, I, I like just, like, just can't move. wrap my head around like your life was taken from you. Mm -hmm. You missed your mother's death, your children's graduation, mm -hmm. your wife. To, my grandson being born. You, you it was taken from you. Yeah. You fucking sat in a dark cell mm -hmm. for 60 days. Mm -hmm. And you talked about love and prosperity. Like peace, how, love, how, peace, love, and prosperity. how did you like the green that's what we represent now is, is that prosperity? Prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. 
how yeah. how did you just how i feel like if i, I had be, to you had you have no other choice you got two choices in you life two choices yeah you got two choices that's it nothing in between you either go feel sorry for yourself and let them win are you going to get up and make the best out of whatever life got to offer you, no matter your circumstances, no matter how much money you got, no matter nothing, none of that should matter, man, because you control your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah, you know? but not everyone can do that. So wh- where's the difference? You condition the- yourself. You got to condition yourself. You got to know yourself, and then you got to love yourself and see what that that isolation time, that 60 days did. Is it, I got to know myself. Do you know, Chris, that there are a lot of people that pay an exuberant amount of money to go on these darkness retreats where they pay, this so fucking mind blowing to me as I listen to you. They pay to go sit in darkness to get that thing. Isn't that disgusting? See, that's a a failure already in itself because you ain't even giving yourself enough credit to be able to do it on your own. That you got to go go to a place. A retreat. A darkness retreat. A, a darkness retreat. You're so privileged that you have to pay for it. And I mean, you know, to each his own. I know. No hate, no shade. Yeah, but no honestly, hate, no it just, shade. You, but at the same time, it feels it. so much better when you just take that initiative. When you just be like, I got enough power to do it. I'm going to do it much. And just love yourself. Find yourself. Why do you think it's so hard for us to love ourselves? Man, because you in a society that promotes you need other people and need to depend on people. You know, it's it's like you think you need friends. Look at the whole social media thing. If you unfollow somebody, they want to fight you. Yeah, that's not like, real. Like, you ain't spoke to me in six months and I unfollow yeah. you. You want to yeah. call me and ask me why I'm doing that. But that's because that type stuff, man, it's conditioning your mind to right. make you feel important. Yeah, and that's not real. I think that there is, as human beings, right, we need the love and connection and support of others. We shouldn't be afraid of that yeah, emotional support. Yeah, of course. Support. Of course you need that. Yeah. But okay. in order to handle that, in order to appreciate it, you got to love yourself. Yeah, you're Because right. once you love yourself, you, I could, man, just love you from your perspective. Yeah. Like your perspective won't offend me. Right. It won't jump. But if you don't love yourself, it just make you insecure to the point yes. where you don't want to hear nobody else's perspective. Right. Right. Everything's a trigger. Everything is a reflection yeah. on like, what am I not good so, enough for? But yeah. You need good people around you. Like yeah. energy yeah. is vibrant. That's yeah. what makes this world. That's the beauty of this world. Because, I mean, it's a lot of negative. It's a lot of stuff that we need to come together as people to fix Mm -hmm. you know to coexist yeah but yeah it's so much but it's a lot of beauty yeah in here and so the media don't show the success stories from people from my community yeah i'm talking about from african-american community from the black community yeah you know the media don't show that they don't they don't show and apply and, and and cut the ribbons on, you know, these 10 black businesses that yeah, was established back then. They don't show us that, but they just continue to show us the same narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what keep people right here. So as people, no matter what we're going through, because that's what my story represents, you know, 
is, you know, that was just part of my journey. That 12 and a half years I did in that place as an innocent man. That's just a part of it, you know, and that wasn't even the hard part. The hard part is coming out here and no matter how successful I get, no matter how broke I am, I have to still contribute to the goodness of the world. Yeah. When you have every, every, I don't want to say right to not, but like you have, no one would, would be surprised if you didn't want to do that. Right. And so I get up and I do it. I ain't wait on, on nobody to give me nothing. Oh God. I ain't, I ain't waiting on no compensation. I ain't waiting on no apologies. Yeah. I came out here. I was in the studio, recording studio two days after I was out with my daughter by my side, yeah. my wife by my side. Um, started OH10 Unlimited because yeah. I had this vision yeah. years ago. And I was like, I'm going home and doing that. I'm building a Motown in Ohio. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm putting a machine in Ohio. You're not about to buy me out. You're not about to do nothing. I'm building a machine here from musicians to promotions to management to mentorship to whatever you want to do. You come to OHT and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I want to talk about that. Before that, how Mm -hmm. did you get out? Okay, so, yeah. this. this, (laughs) So We can't skip over that Okay, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's good. my conviction was overturned um, June 18th of last year. Well, uh, of this year. Of 2020. This year, so just a few months ago. Well, 2019. 2019. Okay, okay. 2019, I'm sorry. Mm. Um, so 2019 in June, my conviction was overturned. So while you're, while you're in, is it jail or prison? What's it's prison. Prison, yes. Okay. While you're in prison, are they, you're talking to your lawyers of like, how can we, like you weren't going to give up, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, this is wrong. I can't stand so, to let this happen. Well, I would have been out in 2008. Half my first appellate attorney filed what is called the Brady violation, which is um, Maryland versus Brady. Mm-hmm. And this is a, um, a case law where prosecution withhold evidence that would have acquitted. Yes. The defendant. You hear about this all the time. This so like the Brady violation yeah. is one of the leading causes of wrongful conviction. Mm-hmm. That the so, state knowingly withholds yeah, because, evidence. So the judge was able to find me guilty because he he was able to say, well, you was lucky your skin sluffage wasn't on it and t- Charles Allen touched it. You know, that was his testimony. But with the lab notes, which the state withheld, it comes with the percentage of the loci. It's called L-O-C-I. I may be mm-hmm. pronouncing it wrong. But your skin sluffage. And it's, so it's a percentage. So mine was excluded 100%. Right, you had none there. I couldn't have even breathed around it. That's like with DNA evidence, they have it, yes. you know, yeah. on point. And Charles Allen couldn't be ex- ex- excluded 1 in 3.44 million people inside wearing it meaning he wore it 
Yes. This costume not touched it. Right. Because the skin sluffish was on the inside. Yes, yes, yes. And so like, as much as yes, this, got it. So the, the judge had room to do that because this, the prosecution withheld that from trial. How are they and allowed so, to do it? Because they do it all the time. Because the prosecution the prosecutor have more power than the judge. You know? The judge is the one who reads, you know, the law and this and that. But whatever the prosecutor say goes. Why you think plea agreements? The yeah. judge never come out and say, no, we not doing that. I want to try him. Right. The prosecution run in courtrooms. Joe Dieters run Hamilton County. Joe Dieters run that. So that's why they do it. They don't answer to nobody. Mm-hmm. Same way they play with my release, but I get to that. Yeah. So um, we discovered that they withheld that in my post-conviction. And so my my. Rule 29 to set aside verdict for acquittal based on newly discovered evidence went in front of the same judge who sentenced me. Mm. He said, and this is what helped Mm. me, you know, uh, be ultimately exonerated. He said on record, well, I know Chris didn't do this, but I feel like he had something to do with it somehow. And by me being a fact finder, I'm ruling against. That doesn't seem like that's allowed. I know he didn't do but it, but he maybe had he, something to do so with it. So he did that. So that was the post-conviction. So then you got the first district of appeals if you're from Hamilton County. And so I went to my the appeals. I had a lawyer who was practicing law for 30 years. Won big cases. No law in her sleep. Raised seven issues, but didn't raise the Brady violation that a appeal court. Not only did she raise, didn't raise it, she messed my appeal up to the point where it was like, oh, it's a 90% chance you might be doing 27 and a half years. So, and this so was a different bad. attorney. So remember that. This is a yeah, different attorney. Yeah, not Michelle. So Michelle came back on after that. And she was like, I'm getting you home because I remember when I was sentenced and she came in the county jail and sat with me man and my mom called oh, I can... this when my mom was alive and she said we getting Chris home I don't care how long it's gonna take and she looked me in my eyes she said I'm gonna bring you home I can't imagine how she I'm gonna bring feel. you home and so we just I like when I went in she didn't have any children she had three beautiful boys now mm-hmm. married yeah. Happy man, great family. Yeah. And I got to witness that as I worked with her because we was told no at this circuit, no at this circuit, no, 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 because my appeal was just messed up mm. to the point. God, fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's yeah. like paper pushing bullshit. It was it was crazy. And but we just always believed. And I just manifested. I was like, man, this don't happen. Like I don't know when. And so the sixth circuit. Court of Appeals is which is federal for Hapus Corpus mm. relief. Um, my first one, they denied it, and that's like the last step. And um, Tim, Judge Timothy Black, um, he overruled that and was like, "Nah, we need to look at this," and he opened it back up. And so, um, Hapus Corpus um, Sixth Circuit um, got my case in 2012. So it took from 2012. The 2019 to get a decision on my case, and what they ruled the 
3-0 in the Sixth Circuit unanimously. Where did the Ohio Innocence Project come in? So Ohio Innocence Project um, came once the Sixth Circuit got it. But they because um, with you don't know Michelle Berry, Godsey um, is married to the director, Mark Godsey, okay. of the Ohio Innocent Project. Okay. And so Mark was always involved, but he was just in the back. And yeah. unfortunately, the way our laws is set, it's a process. You have it's steps you have to take. The way that the Ohio Innocent Project is designed and funded and things like that it's just a certain point you have to exhaust all these things yeah got it got it got it and so once we got to the sixth circuit like they help with more case laws and research and then and the overall credibility because they don't get behind someone that that's not innocent Mm -hmm. right right exactly and so they became co-counsel but michelle barry gossi was the one who was like Man, wrote that brief and was just invested in this, and she got me home and fought to the very end. And so my my conviction was overturned June 2019. Yeah, I wasn't released until April of 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Why? 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 Because that's that's just the law. They could just sit on it, whatever. And the only reason they did that is because I have um, high blood pressure chronically. And so I was high risk for being COVID. With, with COVID and they had a few cases in the prison I was in. Yep. So um, Judge Black, um, federal judge who overturned my conviction, put in the order for me to be released unconditionally, right, in April. April 9th. Um, April 10th, Michelle, my son, um, was there at the prison to get me early. The prison ref- refused to release me. Why, why, why? What is happening? So they said, well, we was told not to release him. By who? But, and so Michelle is sitting there with a federal court order from a judge. Like, no, he's to be released. And they said, so Michelle leaves the prison, goes back to the hotel, write up a brief, hurry up, get it to Judge Black Court. Now, this is Six o'clock in the evening. Now, on a Friday. This is so ridiculous. No, yeah, on a Friday. Um, and so Black sees that. Judge Black sees that and was like, he puts out another order. He is to be released. Nobody is to transport him or nothing. He is a free man. They say, well, we're not releasing him. Highway Patrol coming to get him. Don't you know? Are they just being dicks? Like, yep. is this what it is? So, like, they're just being dicks. The state trooper. So, Michelle and my son goes back, drives back to Cincinnati. They come to my cell 10 o'clock at night and say, Smith, come on, let's go. You're getting out. I'm thinking I'm going out to my lawyer and my son. I dress out in a maroon jogging suit. They leave all my property in my cell, like everything. I walk out to state troopers holding chains what the fuck oh there you think right <laughs> holding chains and i say i need to talk to my attorney so at this point michelle and drove back up now she driving from toledo ohio to cincinnati back up to toledo three and a half hours so now so the state troopers got her boxed out they hurry up chain me to the front seat 
at a car. Why are you chained? You are a free man. It was very plainly stated by a judge. And I'm going to tell you what they did and what and why the prosecutors have too much power. So they take me down to the Hamilton County Justice Center. They put me in a drunk tank with bums straight off the street. No, I got this condition in my file. No mask. It didn't give me nothing. So I'm in a corner like this. Huddled in the corner. Covering, trying to cover your face with your arms. I did five additional days inside the Hamilton County Justice Center as a free man. Oh, my God. So on April 14th, um, Ruman calls an emergency hearing and he brings me. Well, they told me I tested positive for COVID and I never had COVID, never took a test or nothing. Right? They just told you. While I waited in the bullpen on the morning of April 14th um, from... Six o'clock in the morning, and they t- I'm so I'm in a bullpen with fifty other guys at this point, and I'm covered up because again, no one is wearing mask. Um, they say Smith, yeah, well, yeah, they said you tested positive for COVID, and they put me into like this cold cell. Is this for, like, like two hours? La La Land, like what is yeah, going true on? True story. This is like true story. Like so, they leave me in there, and they say, oh, it was something wrong in your paperwork. Anyhow, we're going to take you back now. So I sat in this bullpen from 6 in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, not knowing what was going on. I go back to the um, – get back to the pod because they take you underground from the Hamilton County Jail to the courthouse. Get back, call Michelle. She's screaming on the phone. You coming home today? You coming She's like, home? like, bitch, I should fucking get home. Room in – order your release, this and that. So – Six o'clock, I got all my stuff packed and I'm just ready to go. You're and very Mich- ready to go. And I'm so sure. Michelle is there and she say, they tell us that they got to take you back up to Toledo. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my God. How did you not? What, what are you, what's going through your mind? I was what's like going this, through your mind? I said, you know what? When they decide what they're going to do, you just let me know. I'm exhausted. I'm like exhausted. Yeah. And I went back. And I made my bed back up with my thing and I laid in fetal position on the thing and I was just done with it. I was just done with it. Like whatever happened, happened. Like you know you're going to get out. Like you still have the thought right, of like, I know I'm going to get yeah, out. But like but at I this was point, just you're like, I'm like, just, so I'm just done. done. It was like, I'm getting out. Okay. Huh. I'm getting out. Okay. It happened like four times like that. Right. So, um, so they just buzzed. The speaker came on like, Smith, you got your stuff packed. So Judge Black, Michelle went and filed another brief to the judge. And Judge Black was like, I'm locking all y'all up if he ain't out of there. They like, should all and, be locked and they, up. And they got me out of there at like 9.58. And um, I came out to Michelle Berry, Godsey, and my son. Yeah. How good did you feel? <laughs> I just, it wasn't even real. For no, like, no. I, 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 I don't I just, know how. I breathed. Yeah. Just took a deep breath and I, I just held my son. And in my son, there is this man that I'm so proud of, you know. Um, and I, I called my daughter, and at this point, it's like 11 o'clock. And I say, I'm on my way to get you. Your daddy home, and she just bust out crying. Oh. My youngest daughter, 13 years old. And um, that's when I lost it. I kind of just hit me. Oh, God, yeah. And so you just like never want to go inside. Like yeah. I'm just gonna stay outside for the rest of yeah, my life. Yeah, but um, 
it was it was I never forget this moment and I think of this moment whenever I become discouraged mm-hmm. with like always ten discouraged with mm-hmm. you know my career and stuff right now, any day to day life I just think of those moments I think of everything I've been through and I'd be like what boy you better quit playing I know <laughs> I ever since we had that chat I think about that too if I'm like mm-hmm. starting to go down a path of me being in like a grumpy mood or me feeling yeah. a certain way I'm like look around you yeah sometimes you gotta just think about where you came from yeah you just gotta think about where you came from and just see it now and be like and just talk to yourself yeah you have to talk to yourself you gotta look at yourself in the mirror you gotta go to where a mirror at be like for real (laughs) really you complaining yeah yeah right because it's complaining yeah but we could we could get caught up we could get caught up but you gotta kind of like continue man to just humble yourself yeah no matter where you at in life you got to humble yourself and you just got to remind yourself like it could be worse oh yeah so to this day um like i get at least i take at least 10 jail calls a day from the prison yeah and i get these guys hope yeah what do you say to them man i i just tell them you seen how i did it you seen how I did it. You seen how I conditioned myself to what I'm doing now because I give them a visual. Mm-hmm. That's why if you're listening to this this podcast and you have a loved one who's inside, it's best to give people visuals. Mm-hmm. You got to paint a picture. You have to paint a picture. And that's one thing, too, I had the support. And, like, you know, my wife, Haley, like, she was with me for three and a half years. The last three and a half years when we didn't even know that I was even going to be heard in the Sixth Circuit. But one thing she always did, wherever she went, wherever she ate, whatever, she always sent me a picture. And so what she did was, and what I did as well, was prepared myself. And she prepared me for the world, what's going on, what to expect, what to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do for them guys because it's a lot of guys in there majority of them is in there for something they done. Right. Right. But I'm living proof that you could go out, go, you could do many years in that place and come out a great human being, a great man. And so, and these are the guys that I interact with guys inside there who just need an opportunity. Right. And just need somebody to say, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Right. And so what I do is I paint that picture. I give them that picture. And so when whatever I'm doing the show, whatever I'm doing, I take a picture. Yeah. Bingo night. Yeah. The confrontation. Right. I'm taking a right. picture. Right. And right. he's just like, oh man. You know what I mean? So that's what you have to do is interact with people. Yeah. If you're in position to go out to the homeless and have bags prepared and get these people bags. Yeah. Because that keeps us at humility. Yeah. It keeps you grounded. You know what right. I mean? And it reminds you that it could be worse. You have to interact with it. You just can't see it on TV for a couple minutes and think you relate to it. Right, right, right. Exactly. You, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not enough to have that one little bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, I wish this were different. Yeah, you got, so you got to be hands, hands on. Right. Your free time. Instead of like, you know, just sitting home, just talking about, man, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Get on your phone and, and Google the nearest soup kitchen. 
the nearest food pantry, nearest Goodwill, and just go don't do something yeah. constructive, and not just to be doing something, but one you contributing to the goodness of the world, yeah, and two you interacting with the struggle, yeah. So it reminds you when that just drives you. So that's one of the key things that I do. That's part of my recipe of me just moving forward. Yeah. Of that peace, love, and prosperity. Yeah, yeah. No, before I want to talk about the OH10 Unlimited, Uh I want to pick your brain for a second. I'm sure you probably thought about this. Of like what I don't think prison is the right way Mm -hmm. to handle or treat or reform in quotes, you know, people that have broken the law. It's not. What what should we if do? If you look at other countries. I know, no listen, one's prison. I talked to this guy from from um somewhere in Africa, I forget yeah. what part. And if somebody committed crime in that community, that person is outlawed, he's barred from that community. He can't go nowhere and get a job. He can't go nowhere. He, man, you just. It's like exile. Exile. You put in exile. And their crime rate is down. Nobody want to be that because where are you going to run to? Yeah. You're, you get- They'll put you in boxes there. Or some countries that have prisons do reintegration. Yeah. Prisoners. Right. It's where you sit at dining room tables. You cook meals together. Yeah. You do things together. And it's like it just gives you that humanity and you they rehabilitate you that way. Yes. See that the makes the, sense. the 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 United States prison well, their system is businesses and it's not rehabilitation, so they need to take that out. It's a warehouse. And it's 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 all about just sitting you in a box because and it's 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 punishment. So they should say the department of punishment because it's designed for punishment but it's the worst punishment it's not physical it's mental yeah so i'm gonna say this i don't condone rapists i don't condone child molesters Mm -hmm. and i don't condone killers Mm -hmm. those are the people that needs to be put in prison you know Mm mm-hmm those are the people who you need to be out here locking up. Yeah. Not giving a pedophile six years. Right. And sending right back out there to the community and do it again. Oh, yeah. Because right. it's a sickness. Yes. I was around these guys. Yeah. So, and, 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 and then some people that needs to sit down because you need an institution that could sit you still because sometimes people just need to be sat still Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and real live people that care about people could really like condition this person to be mental. Why isn't there any though therapy, no conversation? Like let's talk about what got you here in the first place. Because they cut all them programs. Yeah. They cut none of them programs exist. So you have guys like when I was in there and there's a lot of guys in there such as myself that used to get our own groups together and not yeah. worry about the administration to facilitate them or right. nothing like that. But um, some people need to sit still, but it's the time that they're giving people. Right. 27 years for an armed robbery? 
man, this guys, it's a whole bunch of my stories in that place. It's a whole bunch of my stories in that place. So I speak for these guys too. When I say this time, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous that yeah. they give people, but they give you enough time for them to condition you, for them to make you worse. Right. So then you come back. The system, listen, and this is, and you could fact check this too, please. Um, 90 something percent of people that's in prison have been in juvenile yeah. prison. DYS. They call it here in Ohio. So they condition them dudes when they young. You mean you got a, a, a rehabilitation institution and you putting a 12, a, a, a 10, 11, 12 year old inside this institution for two years and what? you couldn't make him better? What type of institution did he come at home just bigger and more? Like, of course you. Because that's how they come home. That's how they come home. I never been to no juvenile yeah. detentions, but I know people who have. And they came home worse than they was before it's because like a, it's, it's a like gladiator a school. Gra- yeah. yeah, you're breeding them. And so that's why they start as juveniles. And they take them. So, this, so let's be realistic and ask the real question. Is these institutions, these prisons, this whole judicial, judicial system designed to rehabilitate, reform, help people? No. Or is it, it designed to get you young as possible and to create a monster so they could continue to make money out for you for the rest of your life? It's disgusting. Yeah, so. It's disgusting. That's why we just got to be educated on what's really going on. We got to get educated on the real elections. Yeah. Like not the president of the United States, but. Right, right, at our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Like who, the were, county officials. who were electing to county officials. The sheriffs, prosecutors, judges. Because those are elected. Because roles. they formula they've been using, obviously, is not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? So as a collective, as a people, we guys got to come together and just start being real. Yeah. Well, this is a great time to talk about your startup company, what you're doing. Kind of offer yeah. some hope, offer some education. Offer, I mean, I loved how the whole the whole wellness piece, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, mm-hmm. the tools for them to be successful in their mm-hmm. creative pursuits. Yeah. So talk about that, how how that got started and what okay. you're doing. So OH10 Unlimited. OH10 stands for Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to focus on Ohio because there's so much potential here to grow this to an even greater city. Yeah. So, um, and not state. Yeah. You know, so always 10 unlimited is where I was able to like be like unlimited. I ain't got to just be no record label. Yeah. I ain't just trying to be puffy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Or mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Yeah. 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 You know, a little bit more like Jay-Z. Cause yeah. He right. doing his thing. But anyhow. <laughs> but to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, always 10 unlimited. I was like, I could do so much with it because. I'm a dope artist and, uh, you know, with the music and the writing. So I knew I was coming home to do that. I knew I was coming home to start my own company because I was under contract before and that ain't worked right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, doing the same thing, expecting different results mm-hmm. is what? Insanity. Mm-hmm. So I'm not crazy. Yep. So I came home 
and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start always 10. My partner, um, Grant Underwood, um, who was with me my whole time, mm. believed in me, knew me since I was young. Yeah. You know, so um he was like, Let's go, bro. So I started Always 10 Unlimited. I put the music in there first. And then so I got in mentoring. And so I implemented that. Mm-hmm. Um management, yeah. you know. Um, and I was like, you know what? Man, it ain't nothing we could do. Let's just be for the people. And that's what OH10 Unlimited represents. I get called from people that could hit me up on Facebook, mm-hmm. hit me up on IG, and they like, man, I'm just so inspired by, by your post or by your workout. I want to yeah. try to work out. And I say, well, listen, this is what we could do. I'll be working out here if you're in the area. You come through and you let me know you're serious. Oh, and so I work out with them. I build with them. I go to lunches. Yeah. Um, I show up to schools. I got this thing we do with going to peewee league football yeah. every Saturday. Yeah. And so I called out. I said, I want to know who the live is peewee football team. And I want to see these kids who really got it to go to the next level, to really get them the training, nutrition, um, the camps mm-hmm. always tend represent that. We ain't looking off where well, we want twenty percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. We ain't yeah. one of them type companies. Yeah. Because we get fulfillment and joy off of giving people opportunity. Cause when I see that hunger in this young dude eyes and he like, man, I want to be the dopest rapper. And I say, Well, you know we can help you be the dopest artist mm-hmm. and help you trans transition into more of a package because music didn't evolve. You just can't put out a hot album and expect to grow. You got to like be that whole package. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying of getting to know yourself. Exactly. And, and you got to do that and, emotionally. You got to do yep, that physically. Yep. Men need to and be that's, physical. That's Yeah, you got to do that. And so I'm careful and mindful with the posts. I post, you know, um, whatever. I'm still getting the hang of Instagram and it's coming together. Um, but I try to put some type of substance. Mm-hmm. It got to be substance. Like I do something on Facebook. I post every day. Um, it's seed of the day. Mm. And I just give you this jewel that I drop on you. And I'm yeah. like, if you woke up this morning, then you blessed. Yeah. Seriously. I made a comment yeah. to you when we were sitting outside a comfort station. I'm like, do you wake up every single day? Just be like, Fuck yeah, this is amazing. Of everything. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I share that with with my seed of the days. Yeah. And um and so with OH ten, we just we a family. Yeah. And it's just that Which community. Is what people, what people need. It's that it goes back to that community. Yeah. That when I came up and how we was. And also I travel a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to different states and i see what's working for them yeah um really like new york la atlanta yeah especially atlanta now because it's with the music yeah and so i see like what's helping these people be successful yeah how is they bringing up so many successful successful people because they come together yeah from all cities yep if you think about it if you really think about it in real atlanta just airport yeah. In the highway. It's a good hub. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good. But you can get Marietta, Alfreda, oh, Roswell, yeah. Yeah. like Douglasville. Everything. Like everybody. It's all around. In in different cities. Yeah. Make it, 
you feel me, uh, college, so they all come together. Where here in Ohio, it's a Cincinnati thing, it's a Columbus thing, it's yeah. a Cleveland thing. Right, we're separated, yeah. Instead of just connecting that highway and everybody coming together and building that force. Right. So with OHT and I'm like, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, when I signed my first deal as a young kid, um, the first thing they did was took me to L.A. Yeah. And the features and everything I was getting, it was like 40 and all them from the Bay Area yeah. and not just all through that part. So, and that's what we do here in Ohio. If you think about L.A. Reed, do people know he from here? Um, Steve Harvey. I mean, he rap Cleveland yeah. sometimes, but we have big names here, yeah. but it's not no real production. Right. Companies. Right. No, it's none. And we have real life innovators. Like, because I listened right. Boosie Talent Collins, Boosie Collins, Ashley brothers, the Ohio players. These groups are the ones who started the whole West coast G funk era mm-hmm. that Dr. Dre is a billionaire off of. Yeah. You know, this is from Cincinnati, Ohio, these people. Yeah. And so. Well, Dave Chappelle's right up the road. Right. And so <laughs> it's like we're taken away from here because no one is staying. Because the, because and, there's the place to do it. And, 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 and yeah. Yeah. And that's what everybody say. When I'm having meetings in Atlanta or if I'm in Charlotte. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, man, you should just, because there ain't nothing really going on in Cincinnati. Like, why is you build, dealing with these guys in Cincinnati? Like, why are you wasting your time down? For why I'm not wasting my time, no. just not one place, because I'm here, right? Yeah. <laughs> For two, is it's nothing there, because everybody is just taking off and just coming and then joining this movement, that movement. So we're going to be creating studios yeah. here. We developing engineers producers yeah that's amazing like you want to shoot film okay what do we need to go to school at what do we need to do to create our own school like let's send him to school to master this and become the best person so he could come and lead this institution for the next generation yeah like that's how it has to happen right and you see that happening in like the food industry where a lot of people Mm -hmm. in cincinnati maybe they left to go to la do these go to new york to these Mm -hmm. big restaurants and then they come back Mm -hmm. and open these restaurants and so our food scene has really kind of exploded but like that can happen with music how we have to do with entertainment right so when these big companies it's like well we give you 2.5 million to sign here it's enticing, and that's why so many sure. people do it. Of course. Right? I don't blame them, and the, the weather's a little better, too. And so, you know, me, years and years ago, when that meant something to me, we'd be like, let's do it. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, yeah, that's dope. But if we do a joint venture. Yeah. And let me show you this that's going on in Cincinnati. Right. Let me show you this that's going on in Columbus. Let me show you this that's going on in Cleveland. Like, let's do that. Yeah. And so that's how I know who's who, who really believe in the vision. So I stay true to it. And since I've been home, I only been home since April. Yeah. You got out in a fight and then you had to be staying home because yeah. of coronavirus. You got locked. Yeah. And, in the and, middle and of coronavirus, it was like, I came home like, what? Right. But at the same time, it gave me leverage because while everybody was sitting still, that's how I was able to kind of catch up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I was, and like, there ain't really too many people out here, so right, I'm right. just masked up <laughs> and sanitized, and I'm like, okay. And then I'm just going to Safe Studios where I'm like, okay, you when the last person you had in here? Yeah. Well, when we go in there, my team sanitizes, and I go in there and I work. Yeah. 
And, you know, so it's just careful with it because this is a real thing, you know, COVID. So, but things was, the world was slowed down for me. Yeah, that's a really good point. It was slowed down. So it was kind of like, like I said, whatever you're going through, you got to make it work for you. It could be thunderstorming outside and you could be like, damn, it's storming and I want to do that. Like, shit, man, my day is ruined. Yeah. Or you could be like, well, I needed to do this stuff around yeah, the house anyway. Yep, I know. That's a great That's a great way to look you at it. You know what it. I mean? So yeah. that's how you got to just, you yeah. just got to be just optimistic with every situation. Like, dang, it's raining, but. And I hey. think that if, you, if people can hear you being optimistic mm-hmm. after your situation. They could do it. And the literal hell mm-hmm. that you've been through. Mm-hmm. I think that they can find it somewhere inside yep. themselves to be like, all right, I'm going to quit the fuck the bitching and the complaining. And I'm going right. to try to sw- shift the perspective. And, and that's what I'm doing. I'm shifting the perspective because we could talk about, it's good to know my story from where I came from. Um, and it give you a better idea on who I am and why I am the way that I am. A lot yeah. of people say, man, you just smile so much. You just like, your energy is just so yeah. good. Yeah. Right. So, um, but that's just a part of me. Right, right, right. And so, like, yeah, man, this this it's a part of my story, one that will always keep me just moving forward and being righteous. Yeah. I think it comes back so much to what we started our conversation with about the need for community. And I talk about this concept on the podcast all the time, whether it be fitness studio owners or connectors Mm -hmm. in the community Mm -hmm. doing whatever. And we always talk about the importance of a community, the importance of a community, but like that doesn't just apply to your fucking high end yoga studio that you need a good community. Every human needs a community to prosper and be their best optimal selves. People say, well, how do I go about doing it? Just do it. You just get out there and you do what you could do. You yeah. got to go out there and do what you can do. Stop looking left, looking right. And like, okay, who else doing it? No, you get out there and contribute to change. Yeah, You go out there and contribute to us being a community again. Because that's what we had back when we was growing up. When I was growing up, it was a community. Yeah, The murder rate was down. The, the crime rate was down. Mm-hmm. Man, it was just, we just had so much fun. You oh, could just be out, out in, your, in your community, right? And so you could do that with no matter what community you in. I ain't saying if you from the east end, travel all the way to the west end right, no, and build that go community. Backyard. Go, yo, man, like get with your community, your neighbor. Say hi to your neighbor. Yeah. Lift your neighbor up. Right. You know, and just just create that that bridge. Right. You know, it's not like, hey, my name is such and such, and um. Yeah, you want to come over for co- you ain't. I ain't saying like, you know, compromise your space. No, right, right. But go out there and just be a good neighbor. It's the attitude and the energy that you're putting exactly. off into the world, like, really, because you and, never know that can change a person's whole perspective. Yeah, I think it's harder right now too. We're behind masks. People are fearful of other people. Mm-hmm. Like. It feels way more tense now mm-hmm. with that, but it's like you got to push through that. You can do wave at someone, yeah. stand six feet just away, wave, and wave, like, and just get out and just do do something good. Like, there, and there's world tons of events be, happening in Cincinnati. The world would be a much better place if we do challenges 
it, the, the challenges that we do on social sites. Yeah. If the challenges is more carry a bag. Mm-hmm. Right. Day. Right. Open door challenge. Yeah. That's not easy to post on Instagram, Smile. Chris, and it doesn't I, really look that cute. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I know that, but you know, I, I think no, I, I might know. go. I think I might put a team together and just go live and just do this on a consistent level because it got to be consistent. Yeah. Because if you just do one good deed once and just pat yourself on the back for it, like yeah, I did that yesterday, then it's not gonna be taken serious. The universe ain't even gonna take you serious. Right. Right. And once you do it on a consistent level, on a consistent basis, it just become a part of who you are. And it just feels so good yeah. for just being a good person. Well, you are absolutely, absolutely the inspiration for all yeah. that, for sure. I want to I quickly talk about, since this is a fitness podcast, about mm-hmm. like how important is physical fitness to you? What is like your routine look like? <sighs> Is the term prison jacked? Like, is it real? Like, do you have like weights in a yard where you? Nah, can, like, oh. that's that's a myth. <laughs> yeah, everything is just um, a, you have your standard pull up bar, dip bar. You have a pull up bar, yeah, and dip bar. They, that's all you got. No medicine balls anymore. No none of that. This definitely yeah, can't be free weights. Someone yeah, could, like bash you, you in the head with. Nah, them. Yeah. yeah. So it's just calisthenic. So that's I mastered that. Yeah. You know, really um, good at push ups. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. pretty. Yeah, I could do. <laughs> Like probably a hundred push ups straight. No problem. Like easy. Yeah. Like and I just do five sets of those. I mean, I was at at one point I was doing that. You yeah. Know, just five sets of a hundred on push ups and like and just challenging myself, like, okay, I wanna do this under ten minutes. Yes. I wanna right. do it. Just creating something for your yeah. You know, to so, work towards goals. Yeah, but um, you know, hitting the gym, just being fit is a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, I eat healthy, especially with high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know the importance of eating healthy, like how it helps you think better. Yeah. Um, sleep better. Yes. Um, things like that. Um, so I'm just on top of that. So I'm in the gym at least yeah. five days a week. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing a little bit more running now because I was getting, I was never 200 pounds in my life. And then I got up to 200 pounds which was like all muscle, but I just wasn't comfortable carrying yeah. that much weight. Right, right. So, <clears throat> and as I'm getting older, I make sure I run more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. How long do you swim. go running? What's that look like? <sighs> I know, hate running. Yeah, so I can't. That's yeah. my weakest thing. <laughs> yeah, but like. the most I done ran is probably like I didn't got up to four miles. Oh yeah, that's on great. the running and then on the treadmill. Yeah. Um, I didn't finally master, like, you know, some people might be like, that's it. But no, that's a lot. 10 minutes okay. straight, yeah. I could go and I'm running on like seven miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Seven, seven miles per hour, 7.5 miles per hour. I'm on an incline. Yeah. Um, because I still want to keep like my bulk because it's like I just have a like a slim athletic build. Uh-huh. So like well, I've like always been, guy. yeah, I've yeah. always been ripped. But I just want to keep a little bulk on me because yeah. the missus like it. And, oh, yeah, right. You know, so, <laughs> um, yeah, but I do creative workouts. I do creative workouts to make them fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I also use working out. It's like I, I work out best with a partner. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, you know, me, me and my wife, when we work out a lot together, like she's a beast. Yeah. But, um, Where do you guys work out? We 
in LA Fitness. Oh, now, okay. Okay. Oakley. Yeah, we okay, go cool. there. And um, but I was in Next Level Fitness on Corain. Okay. Um, buddy of mine um owns that gym. Mm. Um, but you know I live in High Park, so yeah. going from High Park to Corain back no, and forth it's, it's an unnecessary yes, hour. Yes. No. It's a day, so it just made sense. So a lot of my buddies go up to Corain and. You know, we did a lot of cool stuff. We made like obstacle oh, challenges yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, we in LA Fitness now when this cool. you know, a good gym, good vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except when they call me like three times a day for like a personal assessment. Yes, they're like, I don't want this. I told you once already. I mean, yeah. So, I remember that. I remember that. But um, yeah. So we stay, I stay in the gym because it's big on, especially with me building up OH10 Unlimited, Mm -hmm. um, me being involved with students and um, the whole reform and, you you know, being involved with OIP. It's a lot on my plate. And um, a lot of people ask me how I do it. You got to condition yourself to do it. Yeah. Just how a football player conditioned himself to go out there for 16 weeks and take a beat. Right. That's how you gotta just you gotta just condition you yourself for whatever you're you doing. doing yeah. And so, and working out, it gives me that endurance, you know. Because sometimes I have a show, won't leave till like one in the morning, yeah. And go right into a recording session. So you have to be. No, this has been like my favorite topic of conversation lately. Mm-hmm. How working out the act of going to the gym doing something physical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. transcends and translates to success in it every do. part it of do. your life it do that's key like we have to move our body you have to if you don't move it's like you just gonna become stagnated yeah it's like moving is the action yeah it's the action so it you can have for success you can have the, the, the greatest idea in the world mm-hmm but if you don't put no action into it, it's just going to be an idea. Mm-hmm. And so that's what working out do. It condition you. Yeah. And you got to get up and get to it the days most when you soar. Yeah. And when you don't feel like going. Those are important. Because that builds perseverance. Yes. Yeah. You got to do shit you don't want to do. Got to. You got to step outside that box, outside that comfort zone. Because if not, you're just going to become stuck in your way. So how can you grow? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. So, Chris, come to the big question of the podcast that I ask all the guests Mm -hmm. what does being fit mean to you it's make me feel like a model sometimes (laughs) (laughs) nah but um being being fit man it's it's everything because you got to be conditioned to go through life's obstacles Mm -hmm. I know. I feel like it's the oh, this whole conversation was like an answer to this question. Oh, really? thing. Yeah. You 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 got to be conditioned. You got to be fit for it because if you ain't built for it, man, this world is just gonna swallow you up. Mm-hmm. Your problems just gonna swallow you up. So man, yeah. you just got to get out. You got to be fit. You got to be health healthy, like physically, mentally, spiritually. Yeah. Right. Or you know, you're not gonna be able to get challenge yourself. Up. And you able to challenge yourself once you fit. Yeah. Yeah. So don't totally. think about that home run, man. Hit that single. Then get on base. Then hit that RBI. And then, uh, and then yeah. you win it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing man, your story. My I, pleasure. I man. truly appreciate it. I'm really excited for people 
to hear. Mm-hmm. Where can they follow you? I know there's a GoFundMe up, right? That's kind yep. of helping with yep. the company and everything. Yeah, Christopher Smith on a GoFundMe. I'm going to link that um, everywhere we can okay. link it. Um, and then Appreciate where's it. the best place to you know, follow um, Facebook, on Instagram? On Facebook, um, I'm Christopher Smith. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Instagram is my outer ego. Um, the real old hound. T H E O L H O U N D. Amazing. You'll have to come back. No update doubt. Update us on what's no going doubt. on. I know you're like about to hit the road on tour too. Yeah, so man, we got, it's going to be get, big, When you get man. some free time ever. Man, listen, this is like, these are the things that I never forget. These are the things that this platform is, will always be a home yeah. for me. So just whenever it hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. Right well, thank you so much. And thank you to listeners. Uh, follow us on Insta. Go follow Chris. Uh, take a look at the GoFundMe. Uh, get involved. We're talking about get out in the community. DM me if you're looking for for ways to collaborate, work together at What the Fit Podcast. My personal account at Chrissy Grody. Share on social, especially this episode. If you you know felt moved, felt compelled, please share it to your social media so other people can hear the story. Other people can lord what's going on and and lend their voice lend their hand to help us out uh above all else thanks guys love you 